0: Welcome to the Nourish Gut Podcast, the go-to place for all things gut health. I'm Carly Raven, your gut health naturopath and nutritionist, here to guide you on a journey towards a happier, healthier digestive system. Are you tired of feeling bloated, battling with unpredictable digestion, or fearing every meal? Well, you're in the right place. Each week, we dive into the world of gut health, breaking down the complexities and uncovering practical strategies to help you and your digestive system thrive. I know firsthand the challenges of dealing with conditions like SIBO and IBS, and that's why I'm here to share expert insights, debunk myths, and bring you interviews with leading experts in the field. Whether you're a practitioner looking for effective clinical solutions or an individual seeking relief from digestive symptoms, you're not alone on this journey. So grab your favorite kombucha or a herbal tea, sit back, and let's dive deep into the world of gut health.
1: Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Nourish Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Bernadette Phil dodgson I am an associate naturopath of Carly's, and I work with her in the Nourish Gut Clinic and with our patients who are doing the Nourish Gut Program. Today, we're going to talk about managing the symptoms of IBS and SIBO. So when we have a patient who has chronic gut issues, we wanna look at what the underlying causes might be. And some of these factors can take some time to heal and address. And that doesn't mean that our patients are suffering in the meantime. So symptom management is going to make the fastest day-to-day difference in the quality of life which is important for keeping up motivation when you're managing your health. So in today's podcast, I'll talk about some of the strategies that you can use for symptom management if you have IBS or SIBO, most of which are simple, low or no cost and easy. I'll first touch on what many people usually think about first for managing gut health symptoms, and that is what goes in your mouth let's talk about some of the food strategies based on your symptoms. If you suffer with constipation, I have a couple of dietary addition suggestions for you to try. The first is adding flax seeds to your diet. So flax seeds or linseeds are full of soluble fibre, which help with the ease of passing stools. So flax or ground flax this can absorb water the soluble fiber will swell up and form a gel-like texture which you can imagine is much easier to pass into the toilet than a hard stool. Flax also has insoluble fiber which does not swell up with water but increases the bulk or the weight of poo which in turn stimulates your bowel to pass a poo. You won't believe the number of patients who have told me how satisfying it is to pass a well-sized poo after struggling to pass small rabbit poo-like stools, which were painful for them to pass. Now, I recommend using ground flax, which is cracked open and has a flower-like texture, which you can add to yogurt, water, smoothies or porridge. Start with about half a tablespoon and increase to two tablespoons per day as you tolerate it. Ground flax that's bought in a store can go rancid. So if you're buying pre-ground flax seeds, look for cold milled products and store them in your fridge. You can freshly grind your own flax seeds at home using a spice grinder or even a simple pepper grinder. Two tablespoons of flax seeds provide about six grams of fiber, which is a wonderful boost to your overall fiber intake. Side note, I've seen many clients who've been eating a low fiber diet who think that adding a couple of tablespoons of flax give them what they need for fiber. And while six grams of extra fiber is useful and flax can be a great contributor, The recommended fibre intake for women is about around 25 grams of fibre a day and for men is around 35 grams of fibre a day. So while we're going to get a good contribution, you know, six grams from flax seeds, a couple of tablespoons, you're still going to need to include lots of whole plant foods in the form of fruit, veggies, unprocessed grains, legumes, nuts and seeds. Speaking of fibre-rich foods and constipation, my second tip is to include kiwi fruit into your diet. Now, kiwi fruit is full of soluble and insoluble fibre, like flax, and unlike other fruits which contain fermentable carbohydrates which can exacerbate IBS symptoms, kiwi fruits are low in the FODMAPs, which I'll talk about more in a moment, and they're usually pretty well tolerated by our IBS patients. Studies show that eating two kiwi fruit a day results in better stool consistency, reduced straining and tummy pain for people with constipation, IBS, and for just plain old occasional constipation without IBS. Speaking of straining, a simple tip for making it easier to poo is putting a stool near your toilet so you can elevate your feet and knees when you go to the toilet. There are specific squatty potties that are made for this purpose, but a stepping stool will work. I've also heard of people who've used a bucket turned upside down or a crate for resting their feet on. So you'll want to elevate and support your feet to bring your knees up higher than your hips. And this will set up a perfect pooping position. We aren't really designed to poo in an upright chair position. Staying on the constipation theme, there are some probiotics that can help with this too. You can learn more about one of the products we're using clinic on episode 65 of this podcast. We're seeing great results with it too. However, that supplement referred to in the studies on that podcast is a practitioner only product. And for today's podcast, I wanted to include tips and product suggestions that are effective but also accessible. You might be listening to this before you see a practitioner. So a strain of probiotics that I like and can be helpful in some cases of, of constipation, but also for diarrhea and mixed IBS patterns is Lactobacillus rhamnosus GG. I like this strain for its regulating effects, its anti-bloating effects. It can help to treat increased gut permeability there's that leaky gut that I mention in almost every podcast episode. It has benefits to the immune system, metabolism, and its microbiome modulating. This strain is in some of the practitioner-only products that we dispense, and it's also easy to find in some products in supermarkets and pharmacies. LGG is the nickname for Lactobacillus rhamnosus GG, and you'll find this strain in inner health probiotics in Australia, and in America, you'll be able to find it in cultural products, um, including a chewable probiotic for kids. I've worked in both countries, hence the recommendations for both. Now, for all types of IBS and SIBO symptoms, you might have heard of using the low FODMAP diet for managing symptoms. Studies have found that the low FODMAP diet helps with reducing symptoms and improving the quality of life for many people with IBS. FODMAP stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides and polyols. And these are the chemical names of five naturally occurring sugars that are not well absorbed in the small intestine and can contribute to IBS symptoms in some people. However, the low FODMAP diet alone is for symptom management and is not a cure for IBS or SIBO. I should know myself because I followed this diet for about five years, which helped a lot with symptoms, but I wasn't able to stray from the diet without suffering until I had sorted out the underlying causes of my gut issues. And what is the harm of staying on this diet long term? Well, FODMAPs are in a lot of healthy foods, fruits, veggies, grains, legumes, and when we reduce variety in our diet, cut out or restrict certain foods, we do risk inadequate nutrient intake and poor effects from the long-term changes to the gut microbiome. While I certainly don't want to diminish the symptom-reducing effects of this diet, My caveat in recommending it to you is that you'll want to use it for as short of a term as possible while you work on addressing the underlying causes of your IBS or SIBO. And this is where working with a practitioner can help. In our clinic, we use the SIBO food roadmap for our patients with IBS and undergoing SIBO treatment. And while it does involve a short-term reduction, not restriction of fermentable carbohydrates. There's a big focus on IBS-friendly microbiome support with functional foods such as black rice, goji berries and papaya. The SIBO Food Roadmap is a diet that is practitioner supported. You can work with us in clinic for support with this diet or you can contact us if you want to learn more about other practitioners who are certified to use this therapeutic diet.
0: Hello, this is just a quick break from today's episode to chat to you about how we would love to help you with your IBS, SIBO or gut health issues. Are you currently struggling to find relief from the daily struggles of IBS or SIBO? We would love to help your journey and we're here to offer a guiding hand. Through the Nourish Gut program, we have created a transformative experience tailored for people who navigate busy lives filled with demanding responsibilities If you've been grappling with frequent bloating, abdominal pain, irregular bowel movements, and food sensitivities, finding lasting relief might seem like an overwhelming feat. We understand the frustration and confusion that can come along with managing your gut health amidst the complexities of your daily life. But fret not, as you don't have to face this journey alone, our program is designed to empower you with evidence-based recommendations and personalized guidance allowing you to overcome your symptoms and regain control of your health without resorting to lifelong restrictive diets imagine a life where you can enjoy food without the fear free from debilitating effects of digestive discomfort picture yourself revitalized full of energy and ready to embrace life's opportunity with a restored zest for life with a minimum three-month commitment the nourish gut program offers a high level of support including one-on-one appointments one-on-one messaging, weekly group calls and detailed reviews of your progress weekly. We really really are passionate about the support that you get through our program and additional to that our exclusive online portal is brimming with videos and resources providing you with all of the tools that you need to accelerate your progress. Our team of highly trained naturopaths and nutritionists all specializing in IBS and SIBO is dedicated to guiding you through the complexities of your digestive health issues. Join a supportive community of like-minded individuals who share your struggles and aspirations for long-term solutions that extend beyond restrictive diets. Your health journey is worth investing in and we're here to be your compassionate partners every step of the way. To find the link to the Nourish Gut program, just visit the notes for this episode, complete the inquiry form to become one of our clients. And receive a special offer on the program. I would love to welcome you.
1: To stay with a theme of easy and accessible, if you have IBS and you've never tried the low FODMAP diet, a couple of things you might want to experiment with in your diet would be to cut out onion and garlic for two weeks, And in this time, also reduce your bean and legumes. So you can replace these with firm tofu, which is a low FODMAP alternative. you can try also cutting out honey if that's something you use regularly and using maple syrup instead, which is lower FODMAP. And these are some easy swaps that you could use just to dip your toe into a low FODMAP diet to see if you notice any effects moving to talk more about diarrhea symptoms of IBS or SIBO more specifically, I'm going to go back to the flax seeds. So the soluble fiber in flax seeds and in um, psyllium husks and chia seeds may have a regulating effects on effect on the stools. So while some of my clients don't notice much of effect when introducing these foods, others do, they'll notice that their loose stools are not as loose and their regularity and urgency of the loose stools slows down somewhat. And some simple tips on foods that you'll want to avoid for IBS that causes diarrhea or SIBO with diarrhea, as well as other gut symptoms, are to reduce the gut triggers of alcohol, caffeine and processed sugar. Yes, that cup of coffee particularly if it's from instant or ground coffee, can be a bowel stimulant. We find that some patients can manage symptoms while still enjoying one cup of coffee a day. I would advise with food or a small amount of alcohol. But when their tummy is more sensitive or in a flare of symptoms, even small amounts of these trigger foods can lead to symptoms and quickly. A probiotic strain that I like to use when my gut health patients suffer from loose stools and even for some patients without them is a strain of beneficial yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. Yes, yeasts as a blanket category are not all bad for the gut. Saccharomyces boulardii or SB can reduce inflammation in the gut. It can inhibit pathogens or the gut microbe bad guys especially the gastro bug culprits. It can help to facilitate gut wall healing and it helps the gut immune system. There are many supplements of SB out there, but we use drain-specific products, which are shown in research to have positive effects. A specific product in Australia, which is not practitioner only, which I really like, is called Yamoji or Yamogi, Y-O-M-O-G-I. Y-O-M-O-G-I. And in America, you can find the highly researched strain in a product called FloraStore. When I lived in America, I could find this product in Costco and in Target stores. Let's step back from food and think more broadly about eating patterns and how they can impact IBS or SIBO symptoms. There are some eating patterns that we suggest for circadian rhythm management and for managing disordered eating connection with IBS symptoms. Now, this isn't the case for everyone, but a subset of patients who struggle with IBS, either knowingly or unknowingly, have disordered eating patterns. Patterns I've seen include binge eating, food restricting, skipping meals, eating, quote unquote, the wrong foods in private, and fear of food. Now, there isn't a single best approach for managing disordered eating, but a good starting point is ensuring that you have a breakfast every day that contains some type of protein, preferably at the same time each day. So why start with breakfast? Well, it gives some structure to your eating habits so that eating can start to become a regular and normalized part of your life. It helps to keep your blood sugar levels steady, which minimises tiredness and irritability and poor concentration. It helps to combat delayed or infrequent eating. It helps to combat unstructured eating, such as grazing and picking. And it establishes habits that will help to prevent binge eating. When eating regularly, you're less likely to become overly hungry and feel out of control with your eating. And this is a huge pattern I see in clinic No breakfast, then tired, and then overeating foods that you know are gut trigger symptoms, but you're just too tired to make better decisions. While to start with, you might not feel hungry at breakfast time, eating anyway can be the start of some healthy eating patterns. Eating breakfast at the same time is also a great trigger for your circadian rhythm, People who delay breakfast even without changing their sleep patterns have been shown to have a delayed rise in body temperature, meaning that it messes with the natural circadian rhythm. I'll come back to circadian rhythm shortly. But first, let's talk about some protein-rich, IBS-friendly breakfast ideas. So cooked oats or quinoa in an oatmeal style with Greek yogurt, berries and a drizzle of maple syrup is one idea. And here you could incorporate the flax seeds. You could sprinkle on your ground flax seeds on top. You could do a smoothie containing protein-rich nuts and seeds. Um, Some people even put oats in a smoothie. Um, Or you could use a protein powder as your protein source. You could do scrambled eggs with a couple of tablespoons of black beans. Um, So black beans, you know, in high quantities are a FODMAP food. Two or three tablespoons for most people will be a tolerable amount. You could chuck in some tomato, some green onion or spring onions. You could also try a chia pudding with chopped banana, a sprinkling of nuts and seeds and a drizzle of nut butter for extra protein. If you're a numbers person, I like to aim for protein containing breakfast to contain around 20 grams of protein or more. Back to circadian rhythm, we know that gut symptoms of IBS are significantly worsened with disruptions in circadian rhythm. You might have heard of the circadian rhythm as the 24-hour internal clock in our brain that regulates cycles of alertness and sleepiness. You might not know that the circadian rhythm also helps to regulate nutrient absorption in the gut, gut microbiome functions fluctuations in gut permeability, bile production and other gut processes. Shift work is strongly associated with the prevalence of IBS related symptoms such as constipation and diarrhea, bloating and gas. And this is totally true in my experience. So I am a shift worker as well as a naturopath. I do some shifts as a registered nurse and I can't tell you the number of night shifts that I've worked where there's been like a 2am snacking session and then a chorus of nurses complaining about how bloated they are because the body's just not designed to be eating and digesting at that time of night. So if you are a shift worker and you suffer with IBS, my biggest tip is to not eat after midnight if you can avoid it or eat very light um, foods after midnight, and. If you're going to bed in the morning time, don't eat breakfast if you can. That'll just give your body the trigger that it's time to wake up and go about your day. So have something light before bed if you need something at all. And if you're not a shift worker, some great ways to regulate your circadian rhythm include ensuring you get enough sleep and that will vary for all of us. Some of us need 10 hours a night, some of us need seven hours and can do really well with just seven hours. So you've got to figure out what that is for you and your life stage. Regular times that you go to bed and regular time that you wake up will also be good for your circadian regulation getting sunlight during the day and particularly in the morning or late afternoon which seem to be great for setting the circadian clock. Getting enough sleep will likely also help with the common SIBO symptoms of brain fog and fatigue. I spoke about the low FODMAP diet earlier which has research to show that it's highly beneficial for helping IBS symptoms Well, there's another strategy that's been shown to be equally effective for IBS symptom management, and that is gut-directed hypnotherapy. We know that IBS and SIBO is not a disorder of the gut alone. There is a known interruption in normal communication between gut and brain. Gut-directed hypnosis addresses this miscommunication between the gut and the brain. How? Well, a trained therapist guides a person into a focused state of awareness while being deeply relaxed. The technique uses suggestion, imagery and relaxation to produce this therapeutic effect. There are practitioners from doctors to naturopaths to dietitians who get trained in this type of therapy. And there are apps that can help to deliver this therapy and can be really effective One of the apps which we know well in our clinic is the Nerva app, which has a six-week gut-directed hypnosis program based on a highly successful study for IBS management. We have a link um, that you can use for a free trial and 25% off discount code for this program, which we'll put in the show notes. Our clinic earns no commission from this, by the way. People see best results from gut-directed hypnotherapy when they practice it consistently for about 15 minutes every day. My top tip is to keep at this practice, even when you don't initially notice any changes. Studies show that it can take a few weeks to start seeing results. My patients report that the biggest changes they notice is in around the four to six week point. So I hope you enjoyed this quick episode of simple tips from diet to probiotics, to pooping physician to hypnotherapy and sleep practices, which can make a big difference for managing the symptoms of your IBS. If you'd like some help with digging a bit deeper and getting to the underlying cause or treating your SIBO, that is of course what we are here for as practitioners. So do get in touch with us in the Nourish Gut Clinic. We offer free gut health calls um, if you'd like to figure out how best to work with us. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Nourish Gut podcast. I'll see you in the next one.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Nourish Gut. If you've enjoyed today's deep dive into gut health or found value in our discussions, please consider subscribing leaving a review or sharing with a friend who could use a little digestive support. Remember your gut is not just a digestion center, but a core part of your overall well-being. If you have specific topics you'd like us to cover, or even just a question you'd like us to answer, feel free to reach out. You can find us over on Instagram at Carly Raven, naturopath, or even drop us an email at hello at Carly And before we go, a big thank you to you, our incredible community and our dedicated listeners. Your journey to butter gut health inspires us every single day. Stay tuned for more insightful episodes and until next time, take care of your gut, nourish your body and embrace the amazing journey to a healthier, happier you.